Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. People don't talk about sin anymore. Everybody has their definition of what is right and what is wrong. People call it situational truth. So whatever your situation is, that whatever your action is becomes the truth for that situation. Therefore, that man, that young man who walked into that church in South Carolina and killed all of those lovely, godly people in prayer. Well, if you follow the cultural train of thought, then he did nothing wrong because that was his truth. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have one without the other. That was his truth. That's what he felt was the right thing to do at the time. So why is everybody looking at him saying, don't get me wrong? That's horrible. That's evil. That is evil. Now, now that is a hate crime. Listen, let me just say this and then we're going to move on, okay? Because y'all know I'm not politically correct. Say amen, pastor. I'm not politically correct. So hold on to your seat. Listen, that's a hate crime. Because I disagree with you is not hate speech. That's my opinion. You got your opinion. See, in our culture, if I disagree with you, oh, that's hate speech. Just because I disagree with you, that's not hate speech. That just means I disagree with you. That means you have an opinion and I have an opinion. Why can't I have an opinion? Why does my my opinion have to be your opinion for it to be the opinion, the popular opinion? for it to be accepted. I'm an individual. I have a right to have my opinion. Somebody clap your hands and say that's right. Y'all know what I'm saying is right. You think it, I say it. You think it, I say it. There is a right and there is a wrong. There is a truth. Jesus is the truth. The people that don't believe in truth, again, Even worse yet, many people believe that if there was a truth, we couldn't know it. They say it's arrogant to believe that what you think is actually true. Listen, that's a problem because if there is no truth, we can't know anything for sure. Then we are lost on a sea of confusion and everyone will be doing what they think is right situationally. And everybody will be doing what is right in their own eyes. I can't help but think, write this down, please. First Samuel chapter three, first Samuel chapter three is doing the time of the judges. The spiritual and political atmosphere was at an all-time low. 
The spiritual leaders were corrupt. The people were disobeying the word of God and every man was doing what was right in his own eyes. And because the people were not listening, God didn't bother to speak. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, look it up. The Bible tells us the word of the Lord was rare and there was no widespread revelation. Look around. The word of God is rare in these days that we live in, aren't they? Truth is rare in these days. People don't want truth. They want to hear what they want to hear. And that's a lie. We need people who are not afraid to speak the truth in love. We need preachers who will speak truth and stop apologizing for it. We need preachers who will seek truth, know truth, and will stand for truth. We need preachers who will impart the truth to others. We need preachers of conviction, not preachers of Los Angeles. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. We need preachers of conviction, not preachers of law. We need preachers who are willing to put some conviction and persuasion behind what they're saying in the pulpit. Listen, if, if you are preaching, preachers, teachers, this one's for you. If you're preaching to people and people don't believe that you believe what they're saying, what makes you think they're going to listen to you? Some preachers preach like they don't even believe what they're saying. If you believe what you're saying, then push some passion behind it. Don't drone on about it. Put some passion behind it. You know, I heard this story about this uh, little boy and, and the pastor noticed little Johnny standing in the foyer of the church looking at this large plaque on the wall. Well, after a while, the pastor walked up behind him and said quietly, good morning, son. Good morning, pastor, the young boy replied, not taking his eyes off the plaque. Can I ask you, sir, what is this? What is this for? Why are all these names listed here on the wall? Well, son, these are the people who died in the service, the pastor said. Johnny said, which one, the 8.15 or the 10 o'clock? <laughs> you know, a preacher told me a long time ago, probably some of the best preacher advice. Preachers, teachers, I'm talking to you. Perk up. Best advice I ever got as a preacher. He said to me, Rodney, no, two things he said, two things. He said, Rodney, put some fire in your sermon or put your sermon in the fire. And then he said, always remember, put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. What's that mean? That means bring it down. All that high theology, you talk it all up here and nobody don't know what you're talking about. That's why nobody don't come to church because they don't understand what you're saying. Bring it down here. If you want to preach, preach like Jesus. Jesus could take a little child, put him on his lap and Jesus could preach to children. Why can't you? No, you got to preach before the crowd. You got to have all the, all the adults and all the, so the spotlights are on you. Listen. Put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get it. And listen, don't ever forget this. People don't know, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. If you have the gift of teaching, you're going to be a blessing to those who hear. Newsflash, people actually will like to hear you speak if you have the gift of teaching. Is that newsflash? People will like to hear you speak 
If you have the gift of teaching, if people don't like to hear you, that's an indication you're not gifted. People tell me all the time they, they're called to teach and then I have the opportunity to hear them teach and I'm looking around the room and people are sleeping. Listen, if you're boring and difficult to listen to, you probably don't have the gift of teaching. Admit it is the first step to recovery. The gift of teaching is able, the, the gifted teacher is able to take the deep truths of the word of God and make it simple and relevant. Watch this, without compromising the truth. And people stay awake. And if you're a gifted teacher, everybody can get something from your teaching. Here's something else you need to know. In order to teach truth, you have to seek truth. In order to teach truth, you have to seek truth. I've got no problems with pastors going to the golf course and going fishing and all of these kinds of things. But I do have to wonder, um, before you go to the pulpit, when are you spending time? I mean, quality time. You guys don't understand. It takes even the best of preachers. It takes them a good 10 to 12 hours per sermon. Per sermon. If they are new to the material, it could be more like 18 hours. Say the book of Revelation, when I taught that book, that was 18 to 20 hours of study. Because you need to be a seeker of the truth. And how is it that you're seeking truth if you're out on the golf course? I don't know how these guys do it. I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. How, you know, I'm on Saturday. Many of you know, I, I am in my office. I, I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything because I, I want to hear from God. Because I've got to stand before his people on Sunday morning. And if I've got to stand before his people on Sunday morning, I need to have something to say. I need to get a word from him so that I can give you the word from him. But if I don't take the time to seek truth and to get that word from him, then when I stand on Sunday morning, what is it that I have to say? And this is what's happening around the pulpits of America. Preachers are standing in the pulpit. They have nothing to say. Why? Because they're not seeking the truth. They're not spending time with God. They're not seeking the truth. Therefore, they don't know the truth. You have to read the word of God and study the word of God. You can't talk about something you don't know anything about. First Peter chapter four, verse 11 tells us, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. And if anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability with which God supplies. That in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory, dominion forever and ever. And the church said, amen. It seems to me the church is losing its reverence for the word of God. We're losing our reverence for God's word. We're losing our reverence for God's atmosphere. Is there any one person that know what I'm talking about? We're losing our reverence for God's atmosphere. Don't you understand the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm going to be in the midst. Therefore, there are more than two or three in this room. That means God is here. That means, uh, uh, wait while you clap your hands. Well, that means if God is here, then we ought to act like God is here. And that means giving our attention to what God has to say. If the president of the United States walks in the room, what would you do? Huh? Just go ahead and yell it out. Just stand up. 
the right answer is stand up. I'll never do that again. The right answer is stand up. I don't care what you think. Respect is respect. Amen. Say it again. Amen. Y'all sound good. <laughs> stand up because it's the president of the United States. Well, God is here. How much more should we be giving our attention to God? How much more? I, I was watching a, a noted preacher, good Bible teacher, great Bible teacher. I, I don't honestly have any great Bible living teachers. All my teachers, tell you the truth, the ones I really love and respect are dead. I mean, seriously, they're dead. Spurgeon, Moody, A.J. Uh, 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 Ironside, uh, R.A. Torrey, um, uh, uh, Kenneth Wiest, uh, they're all dead. But this guy, he's on TV, he's good. And the camera happened to make the mistake to pass by the audience. And this one girl, it was a real quick one. If you weren't watching, you wouldn't have seen it. But she was on a text, on a, on a cell phone. I thought, that's disrespectful. You are in the house of God. Listen, Calvary Chapel, please, let's not be that church. All right? Let us not be that church. When we are in the house of God, our attention is on the things of God, not on your cell phone. Don't be tweeting folks and texting folks sitting in Calvary Chapel hearing a great word from Pastor Rodney. You ain't hearing me if you're texting and Facebooking. Some of y'all ain't saying amen because you know you do it. <laughs> hearing a great word from Pastor Rodney. Well, I mean, I know it's a great word, but I mean, you can wait and tell people. Amen. Let's not be that church. Let's give our attention to God and reverence the respect for God. We, 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 I still believe we need to reverence God and bow down to him because he is holy. He is above. God is not like you. He's not your homie. He's above you. He's not like you. His ways are not even like your ways. His thoughts are not even like your thoughts. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. Who can know them? God is above us. Let's act like it. Let's be a church where we reverence God. Let's be a church where we're singing the songs. Our hearts are engaged in that song. Not just mouthing words, but we're singing the songs because those words, let's make it our prayer. The songs, make it our prayer. These are the people that God is looking for. I'm trying to help you. These are the people that God is coming back for. Those that worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. In spirit, meaning your spirit is connected to his spirit and your worship is a result of the presence of the spirit of God in your life going back out to him in spirit and in truth, the word of God. There's a way to worship God. There's a way that God wants to be worshiped. We may not come before God the way we want to come before God. We come before God the way God tells us to come before God. There's a way to do that. 
We worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's not be that church where our minds and our hearts are, are, are just not here. We've lost the reverence for the word of God. It doesn't seem like in a culture we live in that God's word is sufficient anymore. Is God's word, is God's word sufficient for you? Ask yourself that. Ask yourself, is his word sufficient? When it's all said and done, the bottom has fell out. Everything and everybody's gone. Lost a job, can't pay the rent, light bill due, gas bill too. Y'all ain't know I was a rapper, did you? I'm finna, I'm finna freestyle. Y'all don't know. Is God sufficient for you? Or is it God and Something else. God and another conference. God and women's empowerment. Y'all know I ain't political. Y'all, I'm going to say what it is. Amen. I ain't got nothing wrong with nobody. I'm just talking. You know what my mother used to tell me? Eat the meat and spit out the bones. Amen. God and something else. Listen, a word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God and God alone, that's all I need. Is God sufficient? Everything in this world has taken our attention. I'm only talking to believers. Listen, if if you're not a believer, go to sleep. Check out. I'm talking to believers. To believers. Everything in the world has taken our attention away from God. And something feels very, very uh, uh, spiritually evil about that. Don't get me wrong. Nothing is in and of itself bad. Matter of fact, a lot of it can be useful good. You know, I just came back from Autech, the Bahamas, the military, where they are listening to the sermons on podcasts. And every Sunday in the chapel, they listen to us here at Calvary Chapel on podcasts. That's a good thing. The Internet is good for that. All of that's good. But, 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 but there's some things that, that we as Christians, we have allowed the world to take our attention away from God. And when the first thing we do when we get up in the morning, we check Facebook. Oops. Somebody said, say, ouch, amen. First thing, we check our emails or we turn over and check the... T- I, I used to do that. I had to check myself. Don't get me wrong. The labor must first be a partaker of the fruit. So I can't stand here and tell you nothing that hadn't already like, ripped me up, tore me, shredded me. God gave me grace to stand up here, shred it, <laughs> back bleeding and everything else. I had to check the, who, who texted me? Ain't nobody texting you in the middle of the night. You sleeping, so are they. <laughs> Wait, well, I got to check who te- who's texting me. You know what? The world is taking our attention away from the things of God. And our te- we're so distracted now. We're so distracted. When it comes to, I'd say this, when it comes to the things of God, we are so distracted. I got to say it every Sunday. Listen, um, 
And if you step out during the teaching for any reason whatsoever, please take a seat in the overflow room. It's not to be a distraction on your way out and on your way in. Got to say that. Why? Because during the teaching, people will get, I don't understand it. When God's word is going forth, we don't move around and running around and, 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 and Satan will put it in your head. Oh, you got to get some water right now. Man, I'm gonna die. If I don't get some water right now, I'm gonna dry up like you in the Sahara or something. It's like, <laughs> where'd that come from? It's like, you got, that's the enemy distracting you, trying to get you to walk out that door. Because just when you walk out that door, a word is gonna come from this pulpit that's gonna make a difference in your life. That's why the devil wants to keep you distracted, see. But on the other hand, now, if we go to a movie, we, we, that movie could be. Three days long. <laughs> and you sit right there and listen. But I mean, you got a party. It's like you got, I mean, you got to go. You'll be like. Man, so and so. I think I only got like, like, I only got eight and a half more hours. I got to go. I got to go. We'll wait, won't we? But for teaching of God, no, we won't do that. I don't understand that. Listen, reverence God. Give God the time that is due him. When someone is teaching the word of God, that is God's word. Let's respect the word of God. That's all I'm asking you to do. Let's respect the teaching of the word of God. And parents, this one's for you. Teaching should be happening in the home. Don't expect children's church to do for your children what you need to do. You know, people get mad and no prayer in school, but they don't crack their Bibles in the home. I don't understand that. Proverbs 22, 6 says this, train up a child in the way that he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Listen, parents, teach your children. Teaching your children is the most important responsibility you have. It is more important than your career. You would be better off to make less money and just, Lord's going to provide, we're going to get by. This is what Elvira and I did for many, many, many years. Many years. God will provide. But my children being raised by someone else, that's not going to happen. Because you're going to be teaching them your values. And I'm pretty confident that your values and my values are going to be really, really different. And I'm not saying the way you teach is wrong, but I need to raise my children. God has given my children to me. God has given your children to you. And they are more important in your career. They are more important in your stuff. They are more important in your house. Somebody say amen. They are more important than your nice car. Drive a raggedy beat up car. What y'all get from the sermon today? Drive a raggedy beat up car. <laughs> Drive it. Be 
Because your children are important. God has committed them to you. Teach your children at home. Do Bible study with them at home. Now listen, don't start in Leviticus. <laughs> Amen. You'll turn them off very quickly. But when they're young, their memories are like sponges. Deuteronomy, put that verse back up for me. Deuteronomy said, thank you. Deuteronomy says, talk about them when you sit in your house. Talk about them when you walk by the way. Talk about them when you lie down and when you rise up. Bind them on your hands between your eyes and write them on the doorposts of your heart. And here's something else about the truth. Truth, listen, changes more than your mind. It changes your life. When you come in contact with truth, can somebody say amen there? When you come in contact with truth, it changes you in a positive way. When you come in contact with truth, it sets you free from bondage and legalism and any other legalism. Truth never leaves you in the same place. It always takes you higher. Truth always takes you higher. People are always better when you come in contact and hear the truth. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.